0: Hello and welcome to On the Journey podcast, a podcast about the journey that we're all on called life. My name is Natasha Mayad and I'm an actor and acting coach and Really just a fellow human being journeying on, I love growing and learning and speaking to other creatives who inspire me and who are maybe on their journey of healing, seeking inspiration, creating, and artistry. I hope that you will maybe take away something from this podcast that inspires you on your journey as well. All right, enjoy. Hello and welcome back to On the Journey the Podcast. This is your host, Natasha Mayatt. I am super excited to bring you this episode today because I actually literally just recorded it and I decided it was too amazing that I had to get it out right away into your ears. So I'm not gonna be spending too much time on post with this one because I wanna get it out. I got a chance to speak to writer Will Wallace who was a writer for five episodes on Teen Wolf and worked on the show for 55 episodes. And Will shared very generously about his writing process. What makes a show good? What makes a story good? What makes a character compelling? What is a glimpse into the behind the scenes of writing for a show like Teen Wolf? And also Will shared about the writer's strike, which with the new agreement in the works is a really exciting and important time. For writers and creatives. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. We were supposed to speak for 30 minutes and we went for over an hour, but Will just shared so much gold and I had so much fun. So I hope you enjoy. If you enjoy, please do share. I'm just gonna jump right in. Okay. Oh my goodness. So hi everybody. I'm super excited to be here today with Will Wallace. I am gonna I'm gonna introduce you, Will, and then you can tell me how I did. But okay. we, I believe, have connected over Instagram and been kind of in touch. You're a writer, so you're actually my first uh, full time writer on here, which is really exciting. And Will has a Will wrote five episodes of Teen Wolf, I believe, right. and he worked on fifty five episodes. So if I'm not mistaken, yeah. you were there from season one, episode one. But did, were you from the beginning? Uh, and- <laughs> uh,
1: not exactly, but I was there from season one in, some, in one capacity or another.
0: Okay, amazing. So I'm excited to ask you about that, but welcome, Will. It's super exciting to have you here, and I'm sure you're going to offer a bit of perspective on the writer's strike, which it seems like we've got a latest update, but also really interested yeah. to uh, speak to you about your writing journey. So welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. It's very nice to, we've been, you know, connected through Instagram and I'm very nice. I'm very happy to be talking to you sort of face-to-face now. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited.
0: Amazing. And this is me, not my AI. So yeah, we're face-to-face. <laughs> and I'm like trying to think if we ever met in LA, like I'm sure we had mutual friends, I'm but sure. it seems like Instagram was where it it happened. And yeah. also I failed to mention that you are also a fellow podcaster and yes. you have A podcast that you co-host called Return to Beacon Hills, which is all about Teen Wolf and rewatching the episodes. So that is super exciting. So I'm sure I'm gonna ask you about that. But welcome. Did I miss anything out? And you're a cat
1: dad.
2: So I am a cat dad.
1: (laughs) I am a cat dad. The most important aspect of my personality is that I love cats. So and I got I got two of them, two of my own little babies. So yeah, it's great.
0: That's so awesome. And if, uh, did you move them to Alabama from LA? Oh yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, if, okay. if I got to go somewhere, they got to go with me. And if they yeah. can't go, then I don't go. Is it um, actually, they're... was
0: it challenging to move cats? Because I know nope. it can be okay. That's interesting. You just drove nope. them down it, or flew I them? just drove.
1: Yeah. I had driven. Um, I had traveled with my oldest cat Mercen, a couple of times on planes um and she always did very well she hated it but she did very well um but then when i got my second cat uh ladybug uh there was not enough room under a seat to put the cat carrier for two cats and i was like well i don't want to buy two seats you know uh i i'm not made out of money but um yeah you know, so i was like All right, i'll just drive you know and i i drove them both to uh, i would come home for like a month in December um for the holidays, so i just drove them both once and then when the pandemic hit i was like all right well it's time to pack up and yeah took them both with me and they were they were very good so you know they That's don't like so drive. Awesome. they don't like being in the car because that normally means something bad is about to happen you know like going to the vet or something or a three-day drive across yeah, the country
0: or apocalypse so, or yeah. whatever <laughs> or apocalypse or something yeah, so yeah, yeah. but now
1: we're we've been settled for three years and uh yeah it's good
0: That's so amazing. So Will, you are in Alabama right now. And Mm -hmm. did you so that's your if I'm not mistaken, that's your where you're originally from. And then did you move to LA for writing? So let me just ask you, how did you end up in LA? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, what what was the moment Mm -hmm. where you knew that you wanted to be a writer? So was that before you actually went to LA? And then how did you end up there?
1: well uh the uh the exact moment i knew i wanted to be a exact writer moment well the exact
0: yeah.
1: the exact <laughs> well that's that's a little complicated what time
2: was it just... um
1: well it was i was in the eighth grade and the star the original star wars films had just been re-released and oh this was in the gosh. lead up to uh the phantom menace And uh, these were the nonsensical special editions that we don't need to talk about. Watch the original versions, kids. Yes, Uh, don't need all that added nonsense. (laughs) But um, no, I and I grew up watching those movies. Um, So I'd seen, I'd worn out my VHS tapes on them, but seeing them on the big screen, like that was you
0: experience. know what a vhs tape is well <laughs>
1: i'm I- 41 okay I have, I have plenty of experience yeah with, I'm gonna,
0: uh, i'll put it in the show notes VHS for the tapes. younger
1: people <laughs> <laughs> yeah put up a picture
0: they're
1: like um they'll they'll have no idea <clears throat> but uh yeah no so my dad took me to see that and that was it there's to be very specific, wow. there is a shot. Sadly, it's in the special edition. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a shot where all the X-Wings are flying away from Yavin towards the, uh, towards the Death Star. And it's just kind of like this like slow pan with oh. them all. And seeing it on the big screen, I was like, I want to do that. that is and at so the time, fun. I thought that meant directing. And so I started making little movies with my friends <laughs> in, throughout high school. And then uh, I got accepted to the University of Alabama to their film program. And I thought I was going to be a producer editor, kind of like uh, Bob Doucet, who uh, was a longtime collaborator with uh, Stephen Summers. And he he would produce Stephen Summers' movies and then edit them. And I was like, you know, I think I want to do that because I I, I kind of lost the directing Bug, but I loved helping my friends make movies. That was a lot of fun, and just kind of organizing everything, making sure everybody had a lunch and this and that and all the stuff, and that was fun. And so that's what I thought I was going to do. And I was writing the whole time, but it was just that was just for fun. Like I, I didn't see myself as a writer. um I thought I was going to be a producer editor. But then there was a. I graduated college in 2005, and then between that and the whole and the whole time, like from The eighth grade, I knew I was moving to Los Angeles. I mean, that was the only place to be a filmmaker in any capacity. Um, And so but then something happened between uh, 2005 and 2006 when I graduated college and then moved to L.A. And somehow writing became the thing for me. I don't know what it is. I know exactly. I know the bad movie I was writing at the time, but (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it was. Something just finally clicked.
0: Was this the one Any you got either. paid $30, $30 um an a day or something? I remember in the podcast, oh, there was a, I'm no. like, well, at least you got paid for your first movie. We'll just... <laughs> no, no,
1: that was my first, that was my first PA job oh, life, where I was getting paid okay. 30 bucks a day, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just, I just got bitten by the writing bug and I knew that that was it. And um, so, yeah, so yeah, from the moment I got to Los Angeles in, what was it? September, 2006, I was working towards being a writer. I took every job. Uh, I could, and I made sure everyone knew that I wanted to be a writer. And I was constantly writing very bad movies. And um, and then years and years <laughs> later, in two thousand eleven. I answered an ad on productionnotices.com. I'm not sure if that, that still exists,
0: Ooh, but it was just are going to be Googling it, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, please do. I mean, if it still exists, that's, that's how I, uh, that, that was the luck aspect. And, you know, like for everyone who moves to LA, there is luck involved and that sucks, you know, yeah. because it's not a thing you can plan for or prepare for really. But my, the luck portion of my writing journey was I answered this ad on productionnotices.com mm. and it was just for some- PA to work for one day scanning documents at the MTV offices. That was literally it. I, you know, it was for the show Teen Wolf. But I didn't, you know, I didn't know that until I got there. And then when I got there, I was a little hoity-toity about it because I knew what Teen Wolf was. I knew I'd seen the first trailer for it with my roommate Mike, uh, who was who we were living together at the time. And it was while we were watching Jersey Shore, and we saw the first trailer for Teen Wolf. And we we're like, oh my God, this nonsense. It's just it's twilight uh, who gives a fuck about that this is gonna be so bad can i cuss i'm so sorry yeah you can I because to, uh, i am okay, probably right. gonna cuss at some point <clears throat> all right all right no worries i'm an acting well we ghost, saw that so. <laughs> there you go um so you know we we saw the trailer for it and i was like eh, it looks like shit it looks so stupid and then uh i got hired on the show and i remember texting mike and i was just like oh my god Mike, you remember that stupid trailer (laughs) we saw i'm working on that show for a day oh my god well i did i guess a good enough job that they kept me on for a couple of days because it was i guess it was a bigger job than they realized and um and and that was where i met the exec producers uh karen gordetsky and joe janeer who are married and um, they exec produced a whole bunch of movies and tv shows together and what but in like during some downtime i was like hey can i like can i read like the pilot for this for the show you're making you know i didn't care And they're like, oh yeah, you can read them all. And they just pushed over a file box. It was all the first 12 scripts of the first season. And I just like started flipping through it. I was like, this is going to be nonsense. But it was fantastic. Like it it blew my mind. Like every I'd finish one script, I'd pick up the deck. I read it like straight through, like 12 12 scripts. And I just couldn't believe how good it was because it was nothing like Twilight. It was nothing like the original Teen Wolf. It was just name only and a couple of character names. And that was it. They went, you know, Jeff, Jeff Davis, the creator, went, you know, his own way and created something very special. And um, I did a good enough job that uh, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, the show is still shooting in Atlanta, you know, so um, they only had me for a couple of weeks. And then for season two, they went back to Atlanta. And so I was unemployed again. But uh, Joe and Karen, what we discovered was we only lived about four or five blocks away from each other. And so, because of that, they kept hiring me to help with their kids and set up baby or set up uh, a. I love that. Stuff like that. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they yeah. they liked me, and and yeah. every time they could they could throw me a couple of bucks. I feel like you'd something. be like the
0: most fun person to have around. <laughs> oh, thank <so. laughs> you, thank you.
1: I think so. Um, My co-host might think different, but you never know. They're stuck. Well, I me, think it's so, also um,
0: important that I, I what I'm getting from all of this is it sounds like people liked having you around and liked to work with you, and I think it sounds like you enjoyed being there and working with them. And I think that's a huge part of it is just enjoying and being somebody uh, that people want to work with. Anyways, yeah, keep going. But I'm, I'm loving this oh, whole thank story you. and how no, you, thank you started out versus what it led to. Yeah. Thank you for sh- saying that you, I, I think you said it on your podcast too, but thank you for saying that you made sure people knew that writing was what you are passionate yeah, about because you, I think that's important. So yeah, maybe can you tell us absolutely. a bit about that? How did you, you know, like you're there as the PA scanning documents mm-hmm. and then how how did you kind of, share with people that you are a writer and yeah, like maybe just a bit more about that. Cause I think that is important. Oh, to, you can yeah. do different roles, but let people know who you are because you never know.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I wasn't like, um, you know, shitty about it or anything or annoying. I hope Well, I clearly wasn't cause they kept hiring me, but um, uh, I mean, inevitably someone's going to ask you what you want. Cause nobody wants to be a PA. Scanned, no, scanned and, documents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants that job. Yeah. Um, And so inevitably someone asks, you know, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to write. I want to be a TV writer. That's all I want to do. So it's coupled. So what you got to do is you got to do two things, kids. You got to let people know. You got to make sure people know what you want. And that's the first thing. And the second most important thing is you got to work your fucking ass off. Mm. Always. Mm. You have to continually go above and beyond. Now, now don't let yourself get taken advantage of. Now, it's kind of a, a hard line to walk. But just do the absolute best job you can always and people will notice that's the other part of luck is that someone will notice your hard work and joe and karen did you know so when team wolf came back to la for the 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 pickups and reshoots for season 2 i you know they hired me you know and i worked with them for like a week you know and then that was it um but it was a great week and uh and then the next year uh the the show got the california tax uh incentive and so they moved to la permanently and i was one of the first people they hired full-time on the show and uh for the la portion of the show and yeah so i you know i just kept working hard and you know i would try and make time with jeff davis the creator as often as i could if i ever saw him i was like hey can i get you anything can i do this or that because one i'm a nice person i like to take care of people but also too i want him to remember my face and that i wanted to be a writer and then uh one day i was out I was, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. I was headed to uh, Panavision to pick up some lenses for, for shooting. And because I was the office, I was one of the office PAs um, for season three A. And I just got a call from Jeff Davis and he was like, Hey, do you still want to be a writer? And I was like, Absolutely. He said, <laughs> Okay. Yes. Well, tomorrow you're the writer's assistant. So don't come, don't come to the main office, come to the writer's room. And that was that. I didn't look back from there. And that was like 2013. And then in 2015, when I was still a writer assistant i got my first script to write and i didn't mess it up bad enough that they decided to get rid of me and then uh, i got a second script and then one day jeff was just like all right you're a writer now you don't have to get coffee anymore you're you're done you're done with that part and i was a writer for uh the next uh, two years
2: that's and, incredible um, yeah
1: the show ended yeah
2: yeah
0: and so that's basically how it worked I mean, this is a, such an incredible story. And I think what you've said right now, when you said to share who you are, but also just do your best, you know, have that work ethic. Yeah, work hard. Be a star, yeah. because I think this is so important, especially for actors, because, you know, just whatever job you get, somebody's given you that job. Like I used to work yeah. promotions when I was in Atlanta, but it helped me fund my acting career. But it's like, just do your best because someone's giving you this job. And I love yeah. that. I think people can learn so much from this story. But how many episodes, were you actually on the show before you wrote, and here's the thing did you were you watching the episodes all along? so like oh, you yeah, I was write, watching you are watching
1: yeah, no, I, oh, I love the show. The show was great. I watched the first two seasons, you know, just as a fan, and so yeah. we worked on it occasionally. but I was a fan of the show, and I remember um because Jeff mistakenly gave me his email address uh, uh like on the first uh, the first go around of me working on the show and so anytime you know like i really liked an episode or this or that i would just shoot him an email and be like hey you know this you know i the one email i remember specifically was um my sec i have two favorite songs two favorite songs on the show Mm -hmm. and the second favorite is uh by the crystal fighters and it's the final song that plays in season two at the very end and i love that song i just remember shooting him an email and be like that song is great that song is great it works perfectly with the scene and uh and yeah
2: that's so cool. So you oh, obviously but,
1: uh, knew the show yeah. very
0: well, and that's I did. Point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was very lucky. Um, so yeah, I was watching the show as a fan, and then and when the show came to came to L A. and I was hired full time. I mean, yeah, I was watching the show. I mean, granted, I was reading all the scripts as they came out because I was working on the show, so they're very easy to get. And um, yeah, but I mean, I, I love the show. I thought it was so good. Um, it was such a it, it just bucked at least my own expectations. And I think it bucked a lot of people's expectations. Because I think a lot of people I expected it to be either a comedy like the original Teen Wolf, which it is not at all, um, or to be some kind of some some Twilight stuff. And it's not that either. Yeah, because I good. love that. Uh, take that, Twilight fans! I know there are millions of you. Hey, I um, I like Twilight
0: as well, but hey, I hey, yeah. we'll take
1: that Twilight fan. <laughs> it's so, a different um,
0: kind of you know. It's,
1: it's a different. They're different things, you know. Yeah. They they yes, they both have werewolves and their supernatural sh- stories, but you can't really compare. Them. They're just, mm. just not comparable. I think just because they are so different from each other, and they're both great. They both have their have their great aspects, and all the fans of Twilight, you know, who cares what I think? Just like what you like and. You know, that's all that really matters. I basically worked on a ton of episodes. I mean, however many episodes are from season three to five, you know, and then I got hired or the, like then I wrote my first episode, which was episode 508.
0: Got it. And I think if I'm getting this correct were you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you had been a writer's assistant before for some episodes, and then you got your own episode. I think I saw one of your posts where... The writers are just putting everything up on a bo- board and then they've got to like oh, yeah. defend their ideas. But what is that process? So, writer's assistant, what did that kind of entail for you? And then when you wrote your episode, how was that collaboration? How did that kind of work? Like, how many writers were in the room with you? And right. maybe if you can just share a bit about that, I think that's mm-hmm. really
1: interesting. No, absolutely. Well, the Teen Wolf writing staff has always been sadly very small, uh, just because of lack of money to pay got more it. writers. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah, at the table, there'd be Jeff and then probably maybe six, seven other writers. Um, and that, and we kept it small, which was good. You know, I mean, it was, it was very, you know, it was very intimate operation in the, in the writer's room, which was, was fantastic. But as far as being a writer assistant goes, like my main, you know, my main duties at the time were making sure the writer's table was organized and clean every morning and, and every evening when it was over, making sure the fridge was stocked, you know, getting lunches, you know, basically just doing really whatever needed to be done so that the writers could stay writing. You know, they don't have to worry about anything except the job at hand, which was writing. But the great thing about Jeff was, is that, you know, because I was the writer's assistant and I sat at the table with the writers, you know, there were some couches and stuff, but, you know, I just sat down at the table. And and the fantastic thing about Jeff was he said that if you're at the table, then you work, then you have to pitch ideas and you've got to Mm. help with the stories being broken and all that, which was fantastic. You know, because I know there are plenty of showrunners who do it all on their own, even though they have their own writing staff and all that, that they just do it themselves. And I understand, you know, there is a hierarchy in a writer's room and that does need to be respected. But Jeff was Jeff and the other writers were all very good at at hearing my my infrequent pitches at first because it was intimidating, you know, because to me, they're all rock stars. You know, it's like sitting down at a table with all the greatest people you can Think of who you'd ever like to sit down and work with. You know that's what it was working. You know as initially working as the writer assistant on Teen Wolf, then you get to know everybody. You realize everybody's just people, (laughs) just people. You know and you know, but I still loved every single second of it. And you know, so so that's basically my day. It was just sitting at the table and taking notes. Oh, that was the big thing because I had to take notes. I basically just took stream of conscious notes, whatever was being thrown out, and we just kept these giant (laughs) documents of just stream of consciousness of just. Thoughts and questions and 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 all that and we actually on our podcast go through those old notes for Ah. certain episodes and point out differences or point out things that we ideas we had and things we wanted to or things we did pitch that didn't make it into the show or you know ideas and stuff we pitched that made it later into the show you know and things like that so that's that's been a lot of fun so if you listen to the podcast usually in our alpha section where we have all our spoilers we go through some of those note documents and talk about all the crazy stuff we were pitching, and they, we are um, we're at the end of season at the end of season three, and right now of three B. And once the writer strike is officially over, we haven't been putting out episodes through the strike, and and that was my contribution to the strike is because I'm in L. A. and I have nowhere to right. pick it. And do anything like that. Um, so uh I you know, we we decided that we weren't gonna put out new episodes just during the strike. But once they're done, we'll, we'll finish season three. And it was actually in one of the final episodes, I think it's the second to last episode. We had a crazy pitch that I had completely forgotten about that Kalissa found, uh Kalissa Mullis, one of my co-hosts, found in our in our pitch document and our notes document. And it was insane because I had completely forgotten it, and Kate and Kalissa had never heard it. Kate Colvin being my other co-host on the show and so you know if y'all want to hear three people be super surprised by a pitch that the t Wolf writers had for one of the final episodes of of season 3b tune into our podcast because it was nuts the fact that I even forgot about it was nuts but it was great Uh hearing it for the first time like it was the first time or hearing it again like it was the first time
2: that's awesome um,
1: yeah and then as far as the process goes of like breaking episodes and writing the show. I mean, like, like, let's say, like, okay, it's,
0: you're writing this episode. Um, mm-hmm. You found out you're going to have to write the next episode. So what did yep. you do next? Like,
1: Oh, well, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, that was the very end of 507. Did you celebrate? It's,
0: did you do a dance? Oh, like,
1: uh, yeah, no, there's a picture. There's a picture of me celebrating. <laughs> no, there's a picture that uh, Alyssa Clark, uh, fellow Teen Wolf writer and Teen Wolf editor, took of me <laughs> when when I found out. It's a wonderful picture. I cherish it. Oh, wow. Um, But, yeah, I mean, basically... You know, when we would lock the outline for a script, you know, because what we did was is um, the way Jeff likes to work is, which is a lot of fun, is he hooks his computer up to a projector and he just projects onto a wall uh, a program called MindMap or MindJet. And and it's just kind of like a free flow idea mind map program. And that's how we outlined every episode. Episode. And then when we finished, you know, an outline, you know, we would just print it out as a text document. And, and one of my other duties was to take that document and turn it into like a bulleted outline that we would then send out to, the, to uh, everyone in production on the show. And then so when that happened, Jeff, you know, closed that document and opened up a new document and, and wrote 508 you know, episode 508 on there and he just turned to me and said, okay, well, you're writing this episode. <laughs> what? And I was just like, yeah,
0: I want to, I wish I and could see, see that video. Like it's on Instagram. I'll,
1: I'll send you that picture. I'll, I'll send you that picture. And, <laughs> That's awesome. um, and, uh, yeah. And then we just start working on the outline and basically what it is, is, is just, Uh, everyone kind of throwing ideas out based on what came in the previous episode and where we know the season's going. And then it just kind of, because our show is very serialized, we don't really have to figure out where to start an episode. We usually know because it usually picks up right where the previous episode ended. But um, yeah, so basically it's all of us, you know, figuring out the story together, the story Mm. of, of a particular episode. And then once we have our 12 or 15 page outline you know it's just you go off and you turn that into a screenplay and um unfortunately because we had so few writers and so few time uh we didn't always get the opportunity to you know because basically what happened is, is like with my episode i'd go off for two weeks by myself just leave the room mm. and work on it from home for like two weeks or something like that and uh we didn't really have that that luxury because of time and money so i was still doing all the writer assistant stuff and then i was working on it at night you know and so basically i just turn the outline into a screenplay which isn't which wasn't very hard because we have very detailed outlines you know so you just copy and paste that in a final draft and you're well on your way but finding the dialogue you know yes i was gonna say dialogue yeah like if we had like really good lines or like a line that we thought was very important to a scene that we wanted to keep we would put that in the outline but then it's you know finding the episode yourself you know really mm. finding you know the structure or not even the structure but just finding what all the scenes are going to be because mm. you know the outline is the blueprint you know but it's like you know the blueprint versus a final building are very different things you know mm. uh, and it's the same thing with a screenplay you know so just taking the outline it's like yeah we got like maybe eight or nine bullet points for a particular scene but it's like well you got to turn that into dialogue and you have to turn that into tension and s- suspense mm. and you have to bring the characters to life within those just eight bullet points, you know, and then you got to turn that into an actual scene. Uh, That's the hard part. Yeah. That's honestly the hard part. Everything else is easy. It's, it's, you know, um, you know, writing would be great if it was just for the writing, you know, or or writing would be great if it wasn't for the writing, but uh, you know, so yeah, but, uh, and that's basically what happened is, is, you know, and then I, I turned in my script, my first draft and it basically went to everybody and everybody gave note and and i don't remember where we were in the process by then but usually we were that was towards the latter half of the season so we were always against the wall as far as time went you know but that's when jeff takes the script and does his pass on it you know and then we give notes on it and then usually it just goes to it goes out as a white draft to everybody in production you know and and because because like as we're because basically the later we got into the season because like normally at the beginning of the season you know, we got all the time in the world and we're working and we're getting stuff done. But then once production starts, you don't stop. Like, the, you know, the, the train is moving because everything costs money. And you can't, if you shut down, you're still spending money. It's like, yeah, there's no, you know, I'd say film the camera, but there's no, you know, memory card in the camera taking up, you know, gigabytes of information and all that. But, um, you know, re- you're still spending money. And it's like, you got to have something to show for it. And, um, cause you're not, you're probably not going to get more. No, okay. I was just gonna say that, you know, at the beginning with, with production, they would prep off of scripts, you know, mm. f- you know, the first draft of a script, but then by the end of a season, they're prepping off outlines. So, you know, we would send, we'd finish an outline and send that out and all the departments start prepping based on the outline. And then, you know, you have to turn in a script as fast as possible. You know, it's like, you're supposed to get two weeks, but you don't get two. you get like three days
2: wow. or something
1: just because of how fast things are moving and just because things you know usually when you get your script the script is probably that episode probably shoots in two weeks week and a half you know something like that so you got to do your draft got to get notes on it Jeff does his draft and it goes out so uh it's very intense but it is the greatest job on earth Mm. like literally the greatest job on earth at least for me it's the only thing I'd ever want to do
0: you're doing the right yeah. thing. And I think you said on your <laughs> podcast as well, that was the greatest job you ever had with Teen Wolf. Greatest job know. I've ever had. That, I love that. I think yeah. it's, so, it's so important. That's probably why you know, the outcome was good. But I want to kind of come back to a few things you said. So the first thing I'm picking up is that it seems like it was a collaborative process in terms of oh, yeah. you're getting feedback. So you're not like in a way you can't really be... A, to attach to something in the writing, like you might just have to change oh, yeah. it.
1: yeah.
0: And oh also, yeah. You can can't you speak, be precious. Can you speak a little bit about
1: yeah.
0: also how it was? It it sounds like it also was getting written and filming at the same time. So like maybe like while it's like was the writing of the episodes hap- happening while the season was still filming? So did they know oh the yeah was going to end yet? Or oh
1: yeah 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 we. Process? Yeah, when we start when we start writing any season, that's usually about two months out to if we're lucky two or two and a half months out from filming, you know. So for the first couple of weeks, we are talking about the entire season as a whole. So it's like we know who the villain is. We know what they want, you know, and we usually know how the season ends, like exactly how we're going to defeat the villain and what it means for everybody, you know. And uh, so uh, but yeah, but I mean, we are writing the show as it's being filmed you know, at the beginning, usually there's two or three scripts. If we're lucky done that, you know, so while they're filming episode one, we're writing episode five, you know, or we're breaking episode five. So, I mean, our backs were up against it the whole time, but I mean, and there were, I mean, at the very, very end, I mean, Jeff would be writing scenes the night before they filmed, you know, just cause we, you out of time. No. Yeah.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no one likes it. I mean, no one no one enjoys <laughs> it. It's not a fun process, but yeah.
0: Yeah. But sometimes it's just I feel you like, just you know, run know, out of time. That's so interesting <clears> because sometimes people are so critical of like actors for example, and I'm like, we don't know. They might have got the script on the day. Like some scenes oh, are cold, yeah. and some scenes they were just doing the best they could, you know. Um but will, can you tell me a bit about so you're coming in to to write like an episode and mm-hmm you know, the season has started and somebody else has been writing for these characters. So how in a way, how do you find the character? How do you know that the character is going to do this? Because I think that's so interesting as actors, we kind of like are exploring finding the character. But how is Mm -hmm. that from the writer's perspective, especially coming in when you're writing for a character that's already kind of been written for and you're writing in the episode for different characters as well. So Mm -hmm. how do you kind of find, um, find the character and also trust your choices?
1: Oh well, I mean, you just have to trust your choices. Uh, but also, but but that comes from because I mean, I worked on the entire show, Thank and you even it, it, it. Let's just say, like, I came in season three having never seen the show or anything. I mean, like, when well, you just watch all the episodes. You watch the episodes. You you read all the scripts, and you you have to learn how characters talk. You know, um, you don't really have to learn like what they would do because that's all the outline. You know, but um, you know, but but luckily because you know they're. The, Working at the table at the, in the writers' room is so collaborative. Like we're all pitching ideas for characters, and you know we know when something works for a character or doesn't work for a character. It's like, oh, well, that's not Styles, or that's not Derek, that's not Kira. You know, it's like we you just kind of know it once it comes out of your mouth, and you just have yeah. this idea and you say it, and you go, like, oh no, that's not right. You know, but then you also know what is right. It's uh it's, it's there's there are there's plenty of reference material you know for you to learn and read and watch to pick up on the characters Mm. so it's it's actually not very hard making it good is the hard part yeah you know it's like it's like I can write dialogue for all the characters and I think make it sound like the characters Mm. but it needs to be good dialogue that also sounds (laughs) like the characters yeah that's the hard part
0: yeah like oh my goodness uh yeah oh my you said something that I wanted to uh yeah piggyback on actually but yeah I just wanted to say that we'll probably it was to your advantage that the whole time you'd been working on the show even as the assistant that you actually liked the show and you were watching it and reading the scripts because I'm thinking if somebody had just come on and they wanted to be a writer but they never read the script and now like you might not even have gotten that opportunity because I feel like Mm -hmm. yes there is an element of luck Will, but I think it's also like opportunities when the luck meets preparation and in a way oh yeah you knew the show and so it like, I think that that could have gone a lot differently, but I think it was just perfect timing. But can you maybe say a little bit about so, as actors, you know, because I'm an actor and acting coach as well, mm-hmm. there's this whole thing about sometimes actors being afraid to make choices because they're like, well, I don't know what the writer was thinking. But in a way, when, when you're writing the character, the character you're, you're exploring it with different writers, and then mm-hmm. it's handed over to the actors, and they also need to make some choices. Um, going by the script. But yeah, can mm. you maybe speak about that? Because I think sometimes in a way, just based of me when earlier on in my journey, but also what I get from actors is sometimes really afraid to make choices because we they're like, well, what would the writer think? And even in an audition where you only get like one scene. So can you maybe mm. speak a bit about that from a writer's perspective in a way?
1: Absolutely. Um well, when it, you know, uh, I can't talk about auditions or anything because I wasn't really a part of that. But like being uh, for one of my episodes, I was able to be on set every single day that it was filming. And that was a, a very rare luxury on Teen Wolf. And Jeff was very generous to let me mm. leave the room to be on set every single day. And, and that was wonderful. Um, so when it comes to TV, I mean, if an actor has questions and all that, I mean, they can just go to the writer, you know, because a writer theoretically should be on set. <laughs> you know and and all that so i mean if if an actor wants to make a choice or you know um or, or this or that i mean they can talk to the writer the director i mean those are the people to talk to and um and i remember uh for one of my episodes I, when i was on set you know shelly Hennig, who plays malia tate came up to me with, and because you know we were doing a scene in like a retirement home a retirement facility And, and she doesn't like this character, you know, a a particular older character. Mm -hmm. And I remember between takes, she was like, why don't I like this? Because she comes in, she's kind of a hostile person already, (laughs) but, uh, she was like being really hostile, you know, to this person. And she was like, "Well, why am I like that?" And so we just sat down for ten minutes between setups and just came up with this whole story about how, like, when when before the accident that led her to being a wild coyote and all that, when she was like a little girl, she her mom took her to a retirement home and she didn't like it. It scared her, you know. And you know how how, how kids can be like in hospitals and things like that. And and that and so we just came up with like this reasoning why you know she was being so abrasive or more abrasive that. than she normally is you know so i mean definitely don't be afraid to you know to ask the director or the writer mm. and you know for you know for the actors to ask the director or the writer and to see you know and to kind of pitch your your idea and see if yes. it'll work cuz you know
2: yes it's
1: i de- you know it's definitely not something i think you can just do like yes. to start Throwing, you know, just in the middle of takes doing different something things, something random, you know, right? Something random because Ex- I mean, you know, it's like the there's a plan, in yeah, place serve the of story, life.
0: you know, like use your head, yeah, it's like make a, choices, but it needs to be in the yeah, story, it needs
1: to work within the context of <laughs> yeah. the scene and then the context yeah. of the episode, yeah. the show itself, yeah. F- like when we say that, take I mean, risks,
0: we don't mean go crazy, like you need to, is yeah, this don't go crazy, sense in the mm-hmm. story, like you know, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. I love that, I love that reminder that just, um. You know, a lot of times it's yeah, like it's a collaboration. So ask the director, talk to the writers, because I feel like in a way people are excited to talk about these kinds yeah. of things, right?
1: No, it absolutely. Like and are, that's yeah, that's yeah. very exciting. You know, if someone, you know, be, you know, generating material that gives other people ideas is fantastic. Mm. And, and then you know, the whole I mean, the thing I love most about working on a TV show is the collaboration you know, because it's not just one person doing it, you know, it's hundreds of people figuring out how to tell a story the best way possible. And, you know, obviously actors are a very big, a very important part of that.
0: That's so incredible. And that's so cool that you, um, you got to be on set as well. So let's see, I had another really good question, but what, what makes this the greatest job you ever had? What is something that was, yeah, what was your favorite thing about writing for Teen Wolf, why is it the greatest job? My
1: favorite, uh, my, uh, my, it's just because I I've, I've wanted to be a TV writer for so long. And I love that. I think it's, for me, it's the best way to tell stories. Mm. I love visual storytelling and I love episodic mm. visual, story, visual mm. storytelling. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, I know, you know, movies are great. Don't get me wrong. I love movies. I'm breaking an idea on a movie right now, but it's like. Why episodic, know, I understand that. Well,
0: why, what's the. Because yeah.
1: you get more time.
2: You know, it's like yeah. you get
1: to really explore cuz like mm. in a movie you get like 2 hours.
2: Yes. You know, that's yes. you know,
1: like that's all you get with yeah. the characters. You know, yeah. but with a TV show, you I mean you can get 50 or 60 hours with them. Mm. You know, if you're lucky. And yeah. and I just I love that cuz you get so many a character can change so many times. Yes. As oh my gosh. Growing. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, I just love that.
0: Like we change as humans, you know, in a way. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm like, you wouldn't even recognize. And I think that's why I love episodics as well, because I, I think sometimes I'm thinking about the 100, but it's like in the beginning, I'm like, I hate this character's guts. Why are they like this? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah. Oh, I love them. You know? Yeah, and no, the absolutely. For growth. It's almost <laughs> like in a movie, you've got this whole save the cat thing, but it's like in two hours, but like, in an episodic you can you like like whoa I totally changed my mind about this character I love that you know it's yeah yeah. I
1: want to dig deep like into Mm. characters I mean that's that's what's interesting to me because I I i i want to see characters change and grow and you can do that in a movie certainly Mm -hmm. easily yeah but it's just i i would much rather spend as much time with these characters as possible you know um to really dig as deep as possible because that's that's what i find most interesting about stories i I love the characters and i want to be on a journey with them you know not just a physical journey but an emotional journey with them Mm -hmm. and you know the longer you have the more time you get to spend with these characters the greater and the deeper that journey can be and so that's that's just what grabs me the most and that's and 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 why Teen Wolf was the greatest job I ever had because it's unfortunately been the only tv show I've worked on as a writer that in the Teen Wolf movie but it's just it's the only job I've ever wanted like, that I just you know you know you know when you know something yeah that you're meant to do something <laughs> I know ah, I'm meant to
0: yes do oh my god it's so you powerful know? so
1: it's yeah so it's just every day was perfect. Even the bad days, even Mm. the bad days where everybody went home angry or upset because we couldn't figure something out. Like we we couldn't break a story or we couldn't get something to, you know, it's just like, even, even on my worst day, Mm. I would not have traded the job for anything just because it's, it's the best job in the world.
0: Oh, I can feel like how much you love it from here. (laughs) I feel like, I, I think also sometimes the bad days like i'm thinking just about experiences i've had on set like as a producer but sometimes mm-hmm. when you go through a challenge together it brings you closer together and no, so it, does. Like this, it does it's amazing like mm-hmm. how in a way like that increases your level of closeness but i wanted to ask you will and your instagram handle is will writes good but how mm-hmm. did you how did you learn how to write like how did you learn how to write well i i think i can say that you write oh. well you're good at what you do mm-hmm. but how did Thank you, you. You know what helped you on your writing journey? I mean, it sounds like you were writing for a long time consistently. But what makes good writing on a show like Teen Wolf? And how did you become good?
1: <laughs> oh wow! Okay, well, yeah. uh, those are several questions, and I'll, yeah. I'll answer what each one. What helped you in your? What uh, helped you
0: become a good writer, or you know, and grow as a writer? And and like, what makes good story, in your opinion?
1: Absolutely. Well. In my writing career, there is the before Teen Wolf section, and then there's the after Teen Wolf section. And before Teen Wolf, I thought I was a pretty good writer. I was not
2: that thing <laughs> at Sounds all. Like no, me I was. actor no, I was. <laughs> I,
1: I thought I was a good writer. Like, I mm-hmm. thought I knew how to tell stories. I was even a semi finalist in a writing competition. And I was like, I'm pretty. I mean, I wish I'd <laughs> won, but hey, you know, I got pretty far. <laughs> hey. Then I started working on Teen Wolf, and I realized I didn't know anything about writing. And I, I was honestly embarrassed looking back at some of the stuff I'd written. And I was embarrassed by the thing that got me into being a semi-finalist in a writing contest. And the thing that makes good writing for me is the characters. They have uh, to want something. Thank you. you. Know oh, th- my no, God. Have, thank
0: you. Yeah. <laughs> they have to yes. want
1: something. Yes. You know, they, and that want that thing they want has to be the most important thing to them in the world. And that yes. doesn't mean it has to be to save the prince from the dragon or mm. this or th- it just has to matter to them mm. you know and I, I i haven't done this in a long time because i I, yeah. I don't like punishment but like i've looked in a long time ago i'd look back at some of my stuff as like nobody wanted anything people mm. were doing the characters were doing things yeah but they didn't want something mm. and um and that's it is like for me that's good writing it's like i want to know that the character wants something desperately
2: Yeah, and that's what
1: they are trying to attain. Whatever it is, has to be so important to them, and that's what they're trying to do. And and like, I've been rewatching some shows recently. I won't say which ones because a lot of people like these shows, and they I like them too.
0: Just don't say Vampire Diaries because I've been no, no, I've never never (laughs) seen
1: Vampire Diaries. It's just the characters don't want Mm. something Mm.
2: sometimes,
1: and and it's just it's just apparent, you know. And it's so interesting.
0: that you're saying this as a writer because I think exactly like I think it starts with the writing and then the actor obviously has to do it justice as well but I know that for example in class sometimes there's a scene and I, I it's almost like a reminder for us like hey don't give up because if you already if you don't care about this person why the hell are you still here talking to them in the scene like if you don't give a shit about them no one in life is gonna like uh, talk for talk to somebody for like ten minutes if they don't really care at all. So it's like, what? What? Yeah. Why are you still here? Like, what's the hope? There needs to be. You can't just give up and and be the victim. So I think it's so interesting. But I think that's so interesting that you're saying it from the writer's POV because I think. Sometimes the actor needs to make a choice and go for something, but it also maybe needs to be in the story. And again, if it is in the writing and the actor doesn't do it justice, then the scene is going to fall flat as well. So it's so interesting how there's like different levels, but it's interesting to hear that you're saying this as a writer. That's something you keep in mind.
1: I have to, because like, I've been asked before, like, like what do I do when I get writer's block? And I don't get writer's block. Really? I I get writer's complacency
0: okay define what's
1: that uh like i just don't feel like writing or i just don't write when i should be writing but it's Mm. never i've never not written because i didn't know what was going to happen in the story if long as long and this is i'm talking from a writer's perspective as long as your character wants something then you know what's going to happen next Mm. because it's you know let's just say you know the princess wants to save the prince from the dragon okay that's it that's what they want. How does the princess go about that? Okay, well, she needs to hire some people to help her. Then they have to go get the special sword. You know, it's like, so it's like, as long as they, as long as you know what the character wants, you know what they're doing. So you can mm. keep moving forward, mm. you know? And, I've found, and I found, and I'm talking to other writers, like, I, I, you know, when I've asked them, it's like, when, when I say that, they're like, well, I get writer's block. Well, what does your character want? You know, because I feel like if, if as a writer, you have writer's block, like you don't know what to do next. It's because you don't know what your character wants, mm. you know, or you haven't exhausted the possibilities of how that will go about getting what they want. And so and, and so that's, to me, good, the, the what I, is, I need for good writing. The character has to want something. Yeah. But then there's also the, the, the inverse of it where they need to need something. They have their want and their need. The want is the plot. You know, mm. they want to save, you know, you know, it's like the princess wants to save the prince. That's the want, that's the want of the plot, but they have to need something mm. and that's their emotional journey. So mm. what you want is to have a character who wants something, but the thing they need is the opposite yeah. of mm. that thing. But then at the end of the story, they get both their want and their need, this you know, is so, powerful. so it, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, you know, and that's, and I learned all that on, on Teen Wolf. Like, I I wish I'd learned all that beforehand, but I mean, Teen Wolf is very much a writing school for me because, wow. you know, I, like I didn't take writing classes in college. I took one screenwriting class, but at the time I thought I was going to be a producer editor, you know, so I was more in the production side of things. And I was taking, you know, camera classes and editing classes and all this type of stuff, you know. So by the time I decided I wanted to do something for a living, I realized I didn't have any training in it, you know, um. But the thing that made me a good writer was working for Jeff and working with all the writers on Teen Wolf because Jeff is incredibly smart, like a very, very smart writer. And and so I just learned a ridiculous amount from him and the other writers. And I I can legit say I'm a better writer because I worked on Teen Wolf.
0: Incredible. You know,
1: if I had never gotten on Teen Wolf, I, and I, I would still be a bad writer. Mm. And um, I'm I am a pretty decent to middling writer right now, and that's I all know. because of Teen Wolf. So. That's so great.
0: I think it's also with episodics. <clears throat> I think that yeah, it sounds like it was a masterclass on writing because, in terms of like each episode, right, has its own journey. It has a story, each scene, and so I think yeah, that that's amazing. Uh, thank you for sharing that. That's really gold, and I yeah. think. For actors as well, that's such a good reminder. But I wanted to ask you so, is this a genre that you just love, Teen Wolf? Like, I'm oh, yeah. 30 Days of Horror. I saw that you reviewed a film that I actually really loved, Barbarian, because I'm also. Barbarian like a is horror... great. Oh, my God. I love, and the writing, I can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's days, very But I love good. that they introduced a main character later on in the script. And I think it's. I, I actually love that film, like just yeah. as a, a movie. But yeah, is this like kind of your favorite genre? Do you have a favorite genre? Is Teen Wolf like yeah. your jam?
1: Uh, I mean, horror is my favorite genre. Okay. It's not what I'm always writing in, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. my favorite genre just because you can do so much with horror. It's just perfectly suited for allegory and metaphor that you can have a movie about a monster and the monster is something else that it can clearly yeah. represent something else you know like the movie the like babadook.
0: barbarian or which or,
1: yes Bar- the babadook oh.
2: you know it's like the
1: monster is the mom's grief at the loss of her husband
2: thanks for the you spoiler know, that's what but the it's monster, okay we'll watch it <laughs> yes spoiler alert i'm sorry but uh
1: but that's not that's not even a spoiler yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean that's he's dead right at the beginning so that's but the monster represents something mm. you know and it's grief It's this thing that you can't let go of that can control you. And that's what the monster is, you know, and it's just so good. I think horror is the best is the best genre for that, just because, you know, the monster or the bad guy or this or that can just so easily represent something in the within the character, which and that's what makes it good writing is that, you know, every every obstacle your character goes up against has to be a reflection of themselves, the villain that you're, if, if your story, every story has a villain yeah. in some capacity, yeah. but the villain yeah. has to be a reflection of the main character, has to be some in some way the opposite of them, you know, and, and horror, I think, is just the best way to to really lay out those types of stories you know but also i just love horror movies i like being scared i like watching Um, a movie (laughs) and getting scared oh my gosh they did something what's the
0: scariest horror you've ever watched
1: oh uh i'm like a scaredy
0: uh, cat but i like mm. horror and sci-fi i'm obsessed with sci-fi and they always uh, up and go. but like i get scared yeah. but i love i love doing that to myself as well <laughs> yeah no
1: uh i, I hereditary is fantastic oh uh, me and yes. my co-host kate we love that movie calissa loves the movie too but not the way kate and i love it i mean hereditary is fantastic because that movie was just what the most horror for, yeah i can paint with a very broad brush here because i know this is true most uh, people think that horror movies are easy to make and they are not Mm. they are incredibly hard to make but what people think is all it takes is jump scares and a loud noise and someone jumping out at you and they're like that's a horror film say no that's a bad movie you have just described a bad movie actually and what hereditary did that was such a breath of fresh air for me and for kate was that that movie is all about dread like it you just sit in moments and where something is wrong and the can and the filmmakers do not cut away. They don't make it a jump scare. The, 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 the characters are just in a moment that they can't escape. And it just keeps going, you know? And that's what I I love. I like dread. I want to be scared in a horror film. I don't want to just jump because yeah, I do that in horror films, but that's yeah. because it's really loud. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and something loud does not equal scary, and and so yeah, it's, I mean, my favorite horror movie right now is definitely Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about as a kid? It,
0: um, did you watch like?
1: Oh man, as a kid, scary you know movies younger
0: not
1: watch. or? <laughs> I did, but I wasn't as into them.
2: Yeah,
1: like it wasn't until high school. High school is when I got into movies. Like, I mean, I watched movies as a kid, but I wasn't like into movies, you know. And then in high school, I started working at a video store, so that was a big education. Just being mm, able to watch all a of these video movies.
0: Store okay, I'll put that yeah, in the I worked show Worked
1: at a though. video store. <laughs> yeah, I worked at Suncoast Video oh at the Eastdale gosh. Mall in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, and yeah. uh and yeah, so but I mean I love 80s horror. I mean, if I have a, like a particular subgenre of horror films, it's 80s horror films, wow. you know. Just I you know, they were just because that's what I grew up watching, you know, like when mm. I was in high school and college, and you know, like those are my favorites. And um, but yeah, I think horror is just the best genre for oh. storytelling for 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 telling a compelling character story, I think horror is the best way to go.
2: Mm. Just
1: because, because you are going to put your character, your main character, through the ringer. Yeah, in a horror yeah. film. I yeah. mean, you can do that emotionally, like in a drama and a yeah. comedy. But I'm like, I, I want it all. Yeah. You know, I feel like horror films are just the best way to give give it all, you know, to put your character through the most possible.
0: Like in these extreme circumstances, you see the humanity. And I think also I feel like sci-fi and horror go hand in hand sometimes because I'm absolutely both. But it's like you, you know, sometimes I, I think it was the last of us, but it's like sometimes. Good people might have to make a bad choice. Like if I need to protect my kid, I might have to kill somebody. And I think, you know, like in horror, or it can get to the humanity right away. And I think, I think that's so interesting in a way, right? Because we don't really Mm -hmm. know ourselves. And I think it's so cool, amazing. Okay, so Will, I have a little speed round, and I think I'm going to have to have you back because. There's, okay, I, love uh, that. I think maybe I'll also like start watching Teen Wolf again and then um, maybe I'll have Please you do. back, but I love the podcast it's a great show. as well. I, yeah, I, I actually want to say I have watched, a, like I watched a few episodes of it a while back, but I do need to rewatch because I had a friend who was in it, but I wanted to say that it sounds one, one thing I picked up from the podcast is that I love that it's just inclusive and it's not like a thing. Like they were saying that's kind of what's unique about the show at the time is that it's, it's just inclusive. Like it's, you don't really oh, make yeah. a thing about like, okay, there's two guys dating. And I think that's so interesting because yeah, I I like, wow, that is so cool. Like it's just part of the world. And I think that's why I think horror and sci-fi is cool as well, because it's just aspirational. We're not making a thing out of it. So I'm like, I love that it's almost like a bit ahead of its time, but actually before the, for the speed round mm-hmm. and I wanted to ask you a bit about, like, it sounds like also there was a lot of research that you guys did for a show like Teen Wolf in terms of the mythology. So can you tell me a bit about, yeah, what was that like for you? How did you do the research on the mythology of these werewolves and
2: the creatures? Yeah.
1: Well, um, the, thing we, the thing about Teen Wolf is that, you know, we delved into existing mythology, but we put our own spin on it. You know, like, so like the Berserkers, you know, in, in our real mythology, Berserkers were, you know, Viking warriors who would pour up, you know pour blood on themselves and and dress in animal skins and that would imbue them with the power of the animal and just kind of put them in berserker mode where they didn't feel fear or pain and and all that and that was our starting point but for us like we we tied it in with bones you know and and so we so you know like what we do is like we will find a mythology that we like but then we have to put our own spin on it we don't want to just do a mythology mm. that's probably been done before in other movies or shows or books and so, you know, it, it's just finding the Teen Wolf version of something. So we would all do research on on a particular mythology or a topic, and then we would be like, okay, well, what's all the pieces we like from this mythology, and how can we turn it into something that exists in the Teen Wolf universe? So that's, that's basically how the research went, so cool. is reading up on something and then finding our way of doing it.
0: Yeah, I love that. So Will... I think because you are a writer and you're from the US, I think people are expecting us to say something about the writer's strike. But I guess maybe if I can just get your perspective on why it is was is important, because by the time I put this episode out tomorrow, it might be over. I don't know. But why why is it important that it's happening right now? And how do you feel, I guess, currently knowing that there is an agreement in the works. But yeah, how do you feel about it and why? What is it? Um, why is it important for you
1: as a writer? Uh, well, it's important for me as a writer because it's my livelihood. You know, I mean, that's that's the big thing. But uh, I'm very happy that as of last night, there is a tentative deal reached between the WGA and the AMPTP, yes. which is great. But I mean, like the, the the thing about why the strike had to happen was because all the models our residuals were based on were from from a time when nobody knew exactly what streaming was going to be. You know, we did not foresee it being these gargantuan platforms that they are now. It was just new, like the strike in 2007. You know, it's like streaming really didn't exist then. It, there was, it was there, but nobody understood how to monetize it or if people would pay a subscription to stream things on their computer. You know, it's just like, you know, and so we set... Our you know residual and payment models on an unknown because it's like well we don't know what this technology is going to do, and then after that very quickly we understood what it was going to do, and uh, so now it's just you know the the companies are making so much money off of it and our and you know our payment and residual models just don't reflect that how much we've earned or how much we should be earning from all these gargantuan hit shows. And stuff, especially now that you have like, I think it's Prime Video, it, you know, I mean, they have commercials, their free version of Prime has commercials and it's like, oh, okay. So it's like TV, you know, you're not paying for it and yeah. there's commercials.
2: Yeah. That's exactly,
1: so we should go back to the broadcast model of residuals. If yeah. this is literally, there's no difference now, you know, and, uh, and so, yeah, but also like one of the main things was AI, you yeah. know, is, that, is That, you know, AI, like ChatGPT and other, uh, you know, MidJourney and all this, it's like AI is becoming very powerful. Mm -hmm. And we do not want to lose human being jobs Mm -hmm. to computers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I think AI has plenty of great applications. Like I know the most recent uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie used AI, but nobody lost a job because of it. It was helping with the animation. Or parts of the animation process that are incredibly repetitive, you know, and, and, and for that particular example. But it's like, I mean, if you leave it to the companies, they're just going to, you know, pull up Chat GPT and put in some parameters for a movie and have Chat GPT write a draft and then hire a human being to rewrite the draft. And why would they do that? Because the rewrite fee on a movie is much less than the fee of writing a script from scratch. You know, they just want to save money. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's they like, go on well, budget,
0: let's be honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, these companies make billions upon billions yeah. of dollars a year. They need to calm down
2: mm-hmm. with
1: all of that. You know, it's like people, you know, Zaslav and Iger out here being like, oh, well, we just don't have the money for all of this. Although we're paying ourselves like $30 million a year. Yeah. So, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Clearly we know where the money's going, yeah. you know? So, so I mean, that's that it was time. It was thank just you. time for this to happen because we are on the cusp like like in 2007 when we were on the cusp cusp of streaming we are now on the cusp of ai and like seeing exactly what it can do and it should not cost anyone their job you know because we got like seven billion people on the planet you know it's like unless you get universal basic income we need to have seven billion jobs so it's it's yeah it's just it's awful it's awful but i'm glad that uh, we have reached a tentative deal and hopefully it'll go through. I mean, we're not, the strike's not over. There are people still picketing, yes. you know, because until until all the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, you know, we're still on strike. So
0: thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, yeah, I mean, what you said, it really resonates. And I think it's so interesting in a way with the whole AI thing, because ultimately it's human beings exploiting humans, right? Um, it's Yeah, it's, like, no, it, so... it's just a
1: form of exploitation. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's exploiting workers, you know, mm-hmm. so.
0: Amazing. I feel like honestly, like I think there's always gonna be a place for human storytelling because
2: oh, I, I think we
0: want we want humanity. And yes, there can be like a formula version and a cookie cutter formula, but I think at the end of the day, we resonate with with humanity when we watch something, you know, like a show like Teen Wolf or or like a movie where we wanna see humanity. So I think there's always gonna be like human a need for humanity. But yeah, I'm no, glad absolutely. like this happened. And I'm glad like people were able to come together and sort of, I'm like, I I think I'm glad like this came together in a way and people took a stand, you know, because I know it was challenging, but it's almost like, yes, people came together to be like, now is the time. And I think that's super powerful. So Will, I think we're going to close out with a speed round. Okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. So I might've already asked you some of this, but We did favorite movie. Are you going to go with Hereditary? Is that your favorite movie in the world? (laughs) Oh,
1: no, my favorite movie in the world is Lord of the Rings. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay, yeah. okay. The first yeah, I'm a one, big old
1: nerd. All of them. Oh, I, I think of them all three as one movie. Okay. So just just all of
0: them. But I did see the
1: first one ten times in the theater. My co-host recently that found this out and they were
0: Oh my gosh! Yep. Big I old think nerd. I've seen a movie six times, but ten. That's that you got me beat. What about? Uh, do you have a favorite writer? Either a book or a series, a movie.
1: Ooh. Oh man, that is rough. Or like something um, you saw
0: and you're like, the writing is so good, but it wasn't your own writing. Okay. People. Well,
1: my favorite uh-huh. TV show <laughs> uh-huh. of all time is Lost. So oh, I will, so yeah. I'll say for this one, right now, Damon Lindelof mm-hmm. is my favorite did writer. Did he do I Leftovers
0: do. as well?
1: He like, did. Oh, I love the Leftovers.
0: Yeah. Oh my God.
1: Oh, watch yeah, He's a yes. fantastic writer. Oh yeah.
0: gosh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I agree. I agree um what is something that you have learned I mean it sounds like you've learned so much (laughs) but what is something that you're that stands out that you've learned along your journey I mean just from like starting out going to LA to where you are now what is something that you like you learned one thing because I I know you probably learned a million things but
1: (laughs) well uh I think this applies to basically everything in life. It's just treat people the way you want to be treated.
0: Oh my God. You know? And then Thank to you. refine
1: that down to Hollywood. Yeah. It's like, you got to work with a lot of people mm-hmm. in Hollywood and it's great, mm-hmm. but just, just don't be a dick. Don't be just a don't dick. do that. Just, no,
0: just, wherever just, you are. Don't be a yeah, dick. anywhere. You know I mean? Just, just even if you're at your day, job. The way you
1: want to be treated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just Treat people the way you oh, want to man. be treated. That's all you need. You don't need, you literally don't need anything. Nobody yes. wants like, to be around
0: shitty people. I mean, like, as yeah. a, I'm producing a film this week, and it's like, I want to be around people who are fun to be around because I'm going to be stuck with them for like 48
2: well, hours. Yeah, that's but... a, and that's
1: a big thing too. It's like, especially <laughs> if you're working in, in Hollywood, it's like you're going to work a long time with these people. Yeah, like long hours on yeah. long days. Like, do I really want to like, be
0: stuck with your ass in the desert for like 12 hours? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> that's
1: the quickest way to get fired. Yeah, is just I mean, especially no one's going to want to work with you. Love
0: you guys, but be nice. <clears throat> um Everyone. be nice yeah. to the makeup people you know be nice to the wardrobe Be nice people. to be nice every to the person, person at the supermarket yeah I yeah, love that absolutely. thank you for that reminder yeah. um because I feel like that's why I'm an artist is because it's like let's just be kind like like yeah. everything everywhere all at once be kind like that's yes just, absolutely
1: don't let you the know? bagel get you let's just
0: be kind um I saw that movie six times in the cinema but not. Uh, that's a
1: great movie it's, <laughs> it's fantastic
0: oh my gosh so um what is something you would say to your eight-year-old self, Will? I know, I don't you just oh love these questions. I... They're always different.
1: <laughs> my eight-year-old self. I don't know. I think I might. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh...
0: Younger you.
1: Take Spanish seriously. Every, <laughs> I think every American needs to know another language. Because oh, you know? like everywhere else yes. in the world, people know multiple languages. Do you speak any, any others? Two... No, I don't. I, I, I have English and very, very bad Spanish. Um, so I would say I would tell my eight year old self, take Spanish lessons, really pay attention to it in high school and college and keep taking it and just keep just be. Because honestly, I think a lot of, you know, uh, the standing of the United States would be raised in the in the world if everyone just knew another language the <laughs> way everyone else in the world knows English as yeah. well as their given language. It's like, well, you know, now we're the dicks. <laughs> Cause we're not learning other languages. It's like, oh
0: man. yeah,
1: that, yeah.
0: And Will, what are you binging at the moment or what is the last movie? Oh man. Yeah. What are you watching right now? Uh, on your
1: Netflix. Well, I'm currently, <laughs> uh, I'm currently rewatching, uh, I'm in the final season of Veep. I'm watching, Like, I like to watch something at lunchtime, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm watching that with my mom. And then, uh, and then at night, we're watching, we are halfway through the first season of the alienist. Oh, Uh, which is very good based on a great book that I've read multiple times. Um, Yeah, so those are what I'm currently watching. But, orange, uh, uh, our flag means death comes back next week. And I'm super excited for that. Love that show very much. And yeah.
0: Amazing! I think you obviously love movies and storytelling and writing, and that's it. Just comes out, but that's so awesome. I think it's important, like to do something that we love, and I can tell you love it and love to geek out about it, which is so cool. Well, <laughs> let's close out. So, where can people <clears throat> stalk you? Uh, I know there's your Instagram. Will writes good. I'll put it in the mm-hmm, show yep. notes. Will and good. Also, your podcast which is return to beacon hill and there's yeah return to beacon hills paid.
1: yep you can find that at rtbh podcast wherever you get your podcast goodness uh you can also find me on twitter at World writes good there as well although probably no one needs to be on twitter anymore <laughs> no one needs to be on any social media honestly but uh that's where are I are you
0: am on right tiktok will now.
1: i am not on tiktok <laughs> i am too old for that <laughs> so,
0: oh man you got
1: the time of the day for that so i'll stick with think, good old-fashioned youtube
0: <laughs> i think also what's cool about your podcast is that it's for people who are already fans of the show or like people who are yeah. also new fans because i think the show is kind of correct is on netflix right now and i think that so how what is a good way is it like when people watch an episode of the show then do they go to the podcast uh kind of um or, or is it kind of like the rewatches happening at the same time? So, yeah, like, should they go to the podcast after they watch the episode? What is oh, yeah,
1: definitely start watching the show. And then just, you know, when you watch an episode of the show, listen to the podcast, you awesome. know, and or watch the entire series and then go back. Because we do have a spoiler section where we spoil everything. Oh, you know. But yes. um, So, you know, yeah. yeah, either way, as long as you're watching Teen Wolf, that's all that really matters.
0: That's so great. And yeah, I'm excited to maybe, yeah, have you back when I've like kind of um, that. watched some more, but also I think, can we expect, what is next for you Will in terms of writing and can we expect the podcast back soon? Hopefully when the strike ends, like do you plan to do some more episodes?
1: Yes. When the, when the strike ends officially, we will put out the final episodes of season three and we're already working on season four. So um, there will be another hiatus at, after the end of season three is published. But, um, yeah, hopefully it won't be too long before we start putting out episodes of season four. The hardest part about that is just is getting interviews, you know, because we we have an interview with someone who worked on Team Wolf for every episode. And so it's just getting all the schedules to align, you know, usually is, is usually the thing that, that takes the longest. So, um, yeah, but uh, when the strike's over, we'll start putting episodes out again and I'm very excited for it.
0: That's so exciting. Awesome. Will, I love how I was going to speak to you for like 30 minutes and now it's like over <laughs> an hour. But hey, I I have no problem it. with that.
1: I'm yeah,
0: good. you're also a podcaster. But thank you so much, Will. It was so awesome to connect with you face to face and you shared so much gold here, whether it's for actors, writers, or fans of Teen Wolf or people who just like movies. Oh my gosh, movies with humans telling stories that make us whether it's scared or dread or love or geek out and like watching movies with people and talking about them because I think that's a big thing. So this was really fun. Thank you so much, Will. And yeah, I think we'll definitely have you back. But thank you. Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope that it maybe inspired you in some way on your journey And if you think it might serve somebody else, feel free to share the love. I would also love to hear from you. Do pop me a review if you like this podcast. And that would also help me get this into more ears of somebody whom it might inspire on their journey. I am going to sign out. I'll see you next Monday.